So we began discussing what are called Purusharthas. What we analyzed, what is sought after by human beings commonly and crystallized all of that into four categories. Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha. And we began seeing what Moksha is. And we said, let's, let us change the definition of Moksha or let us look at Moksha as freedom from seeking. Freedom from seeking to be somebody. Freedom from seeking pleasure. Or freedom from yeah, seeking Artha and Kama. And what that means, we will have to see further. But if you look at it as the possibility that I am already free, then we are able to look at moksha that way. And it lends us to further analysis and, and uh, assimilating what Bhagavan Sri Krishna will say in the Bhagavad Gita. Then we analyzed desires some more and we were saying we were asking the question for whose sake is desire because desire our whole life our whole day is full of desires and fulfilling desires constantly therefore in fact the Bhagavad Gita often is referred to as a text of Ragadvesha psychology Raga Dvesha. Raga means desire. Dvesha or Raga means like. Dvesha means dislike. So anything in this world, I have either a like or a dislike. And so I want this, I want that. I want to get rid of this, I want to get rid of that. This is how the entire life goes on. So in Brahadaranyaka Upanishad, which is in the Yajurveda, so there there is this king, his name is Yajna Valkya and who is known to have two wives, Katyayani and Maitreyi. And uh, so, great king and one fine day he approaches his wives and says, I have decided to seclude myself and be with myself. Okay, that's what he says. And I want to, this is what he says. And I want to split the kingdom into two and then give it to both of you. And I want to be with myself. So Kantyayani says, uh, she's a bit surprised, but I suppose she's not that surprised also. And she says, okay, I will, I'll be happy with whatever you give. Then Maitreyi, the second, wife, she asks him, she asks him this question, you going to give up all this? Yes. You mean this big kingdom you have? Yes. I mean, it's not like the people are suffering, people love you. Dharma, all over you see, people follow Dharma and uh, even animals, they, they seem to say that they love, the, love you. And uh, such a great country, great kingdom, you want to give up? She's asking that question because she might 
think oh it's impossible for me to to govern this 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 huge land and so i i give up you know i give up attitude no no that's not the thing because she knows there is no chance he is doing great and uh, all sub kingdoms and other smaller kings are all uh, respectful of yagnyavalkya so now she is asking him a question wait you are the king of a kingdom which is really prosperous and you have no problems you have no fear and still you want to leave all this and she makes an inference she says she asks the question what you are going after whatever you are saying i am going to seclude myself and all that whatever you are going after must be giving you even more happiness ananda then what you are getting here correct and he says yes he says yes and she also perhaps asks him are you living because you are troubled by two wives <laughs> you know we have to make some inferences because one wife two wives you know one husband two husbands if one husband can be a problem two husbands is twice a problem right so anyway so all that all uh, all people are happy all wives are happy everybody happy also so therefore she asks him this question then he says yes he says yes to my three and uh, he says uh, yes my three you you got it right are you got it right then she asks him okay that means you know something that i don't know and you teach me what that is what that is you are going after this is what she says so then the entire upanishad becomes or at least a portion of the upanishad becomes a teaching of yagnyavalkya to his wife maitri so look at that this this teaching what comes out of this is number 1 that this teaching is a dialogue this teaching comes only when somebody asks for it nobody goes around and knocks on other people's doors and says i am going to teach this you please come to my class it's not doesn't work like that although in these days it appears like we put things on facebook and then people sign up and all that <laughs> <laughs> that's how we started this class but in general that's because we don't have a place and we don't we don't have other ways of advertising so anyway so he 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 does that and so he starts teaching so there he asks maitri a question okay you have all these desires he asks her these desires for whose sake is are these desires for example vittam you love wealth don't you yes i love wealth i love all this aishwaryam all this gold and all this real estate this palace everything i love okay then do you love the wealth for the sake of the wealth do you love all this gold for the sake of gold then she thinks about it and then there is some discussion we have to infer and then yagnyavalkya says no of course not 
you don't love that jewelry for the sake of the jewelry the jewelry doesn't know anything it's inert you love it only for your sake so he says nava are vittasya kamaya vittam means wealth nava are vittasya kamaya vittam priyam bhavati so he addresses maitri as are are a very interesting word are oh uh, you know loving one so address of love are only those who are close to each other are addressed that way so swami ji says are must be like in the us they say you know honey you know honey. <laughs> so that honey he uses the word honey in india and all you can't say honey money and all so especially in tamil nadu and all very traditional houses homes and all if you say honey and all they will just uh, they will write you off so so navare vittasya kamaya vittam priyam na bhavati the wealth does not you don't desire wealth for the sake of the wealth then what do i desire it for whose sake atmanastu kamaya vittam priyam bhavati atmanah for the sake of the pleased self alone i desire wealth wealth pleases me therefore i desire wealth so then he continues nava are patih kamaya patih priyam bhavati do you like your husband yes i love my husband do you like him like the love the husband for the husband's sake and then he says he makes it clear he doesn't leave any room for doubt nava are patih kamaya patih priyam bhavati no no husband is not dear to you for the sake of the husband even though you seem to say once in a while you point out i did this for you for your sake only i kept awake all this you say but really it's not for my sake atmanastu kamaya patih priyam bhavati i one loves one's husband for the sake of oneself alone not for the sake of the husband and like this he keeps giving a big list nava are jayaya jayaya kamaya he brings wife also there's one love one's wife whose sake atmanastu kamaya nava are kshatrasya kamaya kshatram means king and you can include the prime minister do you love prime minister narendra modi so yes i love him he is the incarnation i love him this is what the country needs so do you love him for his sake or your sake so this discussion goes on like that he says atmanastu kamaya kshatram priyam bhavati like this he gives a list and then he concludes also he concludes and says ओनलीलव समथिंग एल्स 
Yeah, so I love my husband if I say, I do it for his sake. You can't say because the minute the husband does not make you happy, there is there comes a time when the two people don't seem to make each other happy. And therefore, the thought of separating comes. So it is very obvious. It's very obvious that until you love me, until you make me happy, I will love you. Correct? After that, we have to look at other alternatives. So it's very obvious that I am the one who is the center here. I am the one to whom the commitment is. So no, no, Jayakumarji, that's not true. I've done so much for my children. And how many years? And now he's going to college. And college is not exp not cheap anymore. Very expensive. And uh, one year, second, first year I paid, second year I paid, fourth year, I'm just waiting for him to get a job. And he doesn't even appreciate what I do. So then we will ask the question, why did you, why are you helping your child go to college? No, no, that's because I want him to get a good education. Why do you want your child to get a good education? No, otherwise he will not get a good job. Why do you want your son to get a good job? Oh, otherwise, you know, he can't make a good living. Why do you want him to make a good living? Well, otherwise he will suffer in life. So what if he suffers? No, no, I don't want him to suffer. What happens if he suffers? Then I will also suffer. Ah, I will also suffer. We all will suffer together. So I don't, I will suffer if my son doesn't go to college. Therefore, it is, I want him to go to college even if it means I have to spend a lot of money. So very interesting. This kind of analysis is important to know because once the revelation occurs that it is for my own sake that I am doing whatever I am doing, then we don't make silly statements like this. I did so much for you. What have you done for me? So that statement is a very hurtful statement. You know, it can break relationships. And so we are very clear that uh, that 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 statement has no basis because whatever I do, I do for my own sake. So this this is very clear there, and so so this is this is important. Understanding desires, understanding our actions. Desires drive actions and actions give us results and those results make us happy or sad. So we have to understand the role of this desire and for whose sake it is. So going back to moksha, when it is seen that for my sake only I am doing things, then I can see, begin to see that I don't seek anything for the sake of that particular item thing. And so we said, what I'm seeking is freedom from insecurity. I seem to become secure when I possess something. 
And when I lose that something, I seem to become insecure. It is paramount, the Shastram is saying that what I am probably seeking is freedom from insecurity. That much is clear. I am seeking freedom from insecurity. And taking one more step further, I am, I must see myself as secure. I must see myself as secure. Otherwise, there is no hope of ever becoming secure. This must be clear to us. And seeing myself as secure is not some kind of hypnotism. I keep on chanting, I am secure, I am secure, I am secure, I am secure, I am Ananda, I am Ananda, I am Ananda, I am Purnaha, I am Purnaha, I am Purnaha. Because there are statements like that. That is, that is not what is being talked about, hypnotism. We are talking about understanding a fact. And that is where teaching becomes very relevant. So then the journey now is going to be from becoming to being. From becoming. What is becoming? So I always want to become. So I want this, I want that. So I want a, I want a job, I want a promotion. I want, uh, I want the next job like this. So I told somebody, I worked in a chemical company for 20 years. And this guy just, uh, he, I mean, he's probably from the IT industry where people change jobs quite often. And so he said, what, same company for 20 years? Yeah, same company. So those days, that's how it was. And even in our industries, in the in the industries, uh, non-IT industries, can be like that. So I want a, I want a next job sometimes people say. So I want to become somebody who has a job. So I'm changing the language slightly. Look at this. I am, I am who I am, but I want to become somebody who has a job. Then I want to become somebody who has a promotion. Then I want to become somebody who is a manager in the company. Then I want to become somebody who has a job in this other company, which is a better company. Then I want to go abroad. Then I want to be somebody who has a green card. Then I want to become somebody who has a house. Then I want to become somebody who has a family. All this. Just change the language. I want to become. So I'm basically become somebody. Become Becoming somebody else. So this becoming is important here. And uh, this word in Sanskrit that is used is called bhava. Bhavami. Bhava. That is why in Sanskrit some songs and all you will see. Bhavasagar. They will say Bhavasagar. Bhavasagar. Main Bhavasagar mein hu. Means I am in this ocean of becoming. Becoming. Constantly wanting to become. And what happens? I am now 70, 80 years old. Then what? Then also I want to become. What? No, I am not. I don't want another house and this, this and that. I want to become somebody 
who has grandchildren and i want to become somebody whose grandchildren are happily married so this becoming constantly continues and if that doesn't happen what happens then i become sad so this is why this becoming is what is the word that is used in our shastram if we study bhagavad gita etc you that word will become meaningful bhava just one word they use that's all and it means samsara 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 same thing samyak sarati the person keeps on going like this rat goes in this circle in this wheel you know this uh, not a giant wheel but a small wheel we see that sometimes the rat keeps climbing and the wheel also keeps on going down it never goes up so samsar samsar there is a perfume called samsar <laughs> i don't know how many of you have seen it samsar perfume so that's another bhavasagar another samsara so so moksha therefore that is freedom from insecurity if we call it moksha that moksha is perhaps the end of all ends means that is what drives me to do whatever i am doing so even though i am saying there are four purusharthas shastra says dharmartha kama but that moksha is what seems to behind all this purusharthas the moksha is hiding behind and so so we have to say four purusharthas because moksha is not recognized as an end as a goal not recognized when i begin to learn and when i begin to understand when i begin to analyze life then moksha begins to begins to become more and more meaningful to me so understand here moksha we are not talking about moksha as a travel to a particular place that we are giving up that you if, if travel travel may be there very much but that travel also is finite it is in time and in time anything in time will always be changing anything in time will end if you come and say i went to heaven and i just returned then then we will ask why did you return from heaven if heaven was good now i think my times up they said visa exhausted and you have to leave the country leave heaven so heaven also you have to some visa is required and some time limit is there that's what the shastram says very clearly therefore anything we do in life any goal we have anything about family or children education etc marriage all that we cannot assume them to be an absolute end they are all means they are all means to achieve something else bigger and if i see everything as a means then my life is already somewhat fulfilled to some extent i can relax because i need not be caught up in something so this didn't happen so this didn't happen yeah it may create some sadness but i don't need to be caught up because that thing is not an end in itself so they say that 
very clear. You know, you lose money, nothing is lost. And then you lose uh, something they say. You lose character, everything is lost. Something like that they say. So, therefore, even there we see there is relatively that idea is being given. And so, this fundamental problem has to be properly understood. So, somebody asked in that satsang, how come we are not, we have not started the Bhagavad Gita yet? Some, some few verses we must have covered. Today is the fourth class or fifth class. So, all these basics have to be covered. Then the Bhagavad Gita becomes, just flows very smoothly. And so, that fundamental problem when it is understood, life becomes fulfilling. If it is not understood, the Shastram uses a word for that. Life is wasted. And Yaha Atmanam Viditva Asman Loka Preti comes in a Upanishad. Atmanam Viditva. One who leaves this world means one who passes away. After understanding Atma, Atmanam Viditva, then Sahabrahmanaha. Shastram uses the word he or she is a Brahmana. Look at the word Brahmana, where it is used. So the word, real meaning of the word Brahmana. Brahmana, we, we understand a Brahmana in our life as somebody who's, uh, who's committed to the Vedas, who is studying, teaching, who is officiating rituals, etc. So that person is also a Brahmana, no doubt. Karmataha Brahmana. But the Shastram lets go of that definition and gives another definition. One who knows Brahma is Brahmana. One who knows Brahma, Brahman, that person only can be called a Brahmana. So by that definition, all of us will become a Brahmanas. So that is what the Shastram says for the person who knows Atma, who knows Brahma. What about the person who doesn't know? Yaha Atmanam Aviditva Asman Lokat Preti. Asman Lokat Preti means leaves this world, departs this world, having not understood Atma, Atmanam Aviditva. Sahakripanaha. Sahakripanaha. Kripanaha, miser. That person is a miser. What is this word miser? Miser because one. One who has a lot but is unable to part with any of it is called a miser. That we know. Kanjan, Karimi. So, in the also, there are words for it. And uh, so, here also, we saw earlier Ahara Nidra, Bhaya Maitunancha, Samana Meta Pashubis Samanaha, and Buddhirhi Tesham. That buddhi is there. That is what distinguishes this human animal from every other animal. And so this person is endowed with a wealth called buddhi. And if I don't use that buddhi, which is wealth, then who am I? Shastram says, you are a kripanaha. You are a miser. I am a miser. That's what he says. So, very important there to appreciate that particular wealth we are all endowed with. Called the, you can call it intellect can call the ability to analyze through things. <clears throat> so, what have, where have we come now? I am seeking artha, security. 
then i find that this security is fleeting fleeting means coming and going i seem to be secure sometimes then i become insecure then i realize that this artha any artha in this world cannot make me secure so i am a little more enlightened now and then i listen to the shastram shastram says you are already secure nothing in the world can make you secure you are the source of security i hear all these statements and then i begin to wonder then the shastram says it is a fact to be understood that means i am ignorant of that fact that means i say the fundamental problem is one of ignorance one of ignorance all along i think i must be there to be happy i must do this to accomplish something i must be there i must go there and then religions come and say you must go to heaven and then okay that sounds attractive then shastram comes finally and says no place is going to be eternal permanent going means coming will be there and any place in time will also kshaya will also disappear and so this varga also is temporary maybe long but temporary and so this particular idea that the shastram gives that you are already secure makes begins to make more and more sense so that has been our journey so far so therefore understanding moksha as an end in itself and nothing else is really an end nothing end means what a goal everything else is perhaps a means towards moksha perhaps the means we have to see what that what kind of means that is and moksha is the end so this is our understanding now so if ignorance is recognized as a problem what can be the solution for ignorance we have to see i don't know algebra the child doesn't know algebra child goes to school a b c d it is writing and all that one fine day the teacher is teaching the child 1 2 3 4 etc but the child doesn't know anything beyond that addition it has not even heard the word so the child is ignorant of the topic of addition then one fine day <clears throat> the child is taught the child is taught because the only solution to ignorance is knowledge gaining knowledge and by going to school etc through a teacher the child begins to learn that topic and the child keeps on learning for year after year after year there is so much to know so everything that is being done in school is imparting of knowledge see what a challenge it is and the teachers especially will appreciate this very much and to make a child learn a particular subject of course all parents also have gone through this why teacher you don't have to be a teacher and uh, trying to make our own children understand something can be a very frustrating experience so the, 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 so but, but because there is no choice you can't make your child simply chant 2 plus 3 is equal to 5 2 plus 3 is equal to 5 2 plus 3 is equal to 5 keep on saying my beta keep on saying it then you will understand it 
no parent says that no not acceptable you can say you can chant your multiplication tables fine but first you must understand multiplication only then you chant until then there is no chanting so here also same thing when ignorance is the problem the solution is jnanam knowledge so that's why shastram says jnanena moksha by knowledge moksha so when we talk about knowledge then then we have to talk about how is knowledge gained how can knowledge be gained look at how the analysis goes and this the west has called developed a subject called epistemology epistemology very big word but it's all what our rishis used to discuss knowledge jnanam what is the nature of knowledge how is knowledge gained is gain knowledge permanent or not all these questions they have asked and so we get into the topic of what is called pramanam pramanam perception and inference these are the two main means of knowing anything perception perception means using the five sense organs operating the sense organs we have which are five in number then exposing those sense organs to the objects various objects we are able to say i see you i we are able to run a life because our sense organs are operating eyesight is operating we see things he, he, uh, ear is operating we are able to hear things and this is called pratyaksham in sanskrit pratyaksham in english it is perception perceptual data comes and then the mind processes it and then we are able to appreciate what is being seen what is being heard what is being tasted etc and there is also a memory of what is seen oh when did you come to coimbatore means what i see a person and then i recognized him because i know who the person is from past memory and therefore i am able to say come great surprise what is this so perception memory and all that i use and then i i keep gaining knowledge of things in this world then there is something called inference very important perception and inference these are the main things <clears throat> inference so you wake up one day and you see the time is 8 o'clock my goodness it's late i was supposed to get up at 6:30 or 7 and then you hear there is no noise anywhere no sound nothing and you realize that your husband has left for office he didn't feel like disturbing you and then he left just inference you haven't seen anybody you are just not heard anything and you are making an inference very important knowledge very important means of knowledge inference and we use it every day of our life every minute of our life we use pratyaksham and anumanam this is called anumanam in sanskrit so driving the other day i gave you an example of driving on the street and then you come stop in front of a street light the 
uh, what do you call it? Si signals, traffic light. And then it's red, you stop. And then it's green, you take off. And big inference is being made. Actually, we don't realize we are making an inference that all these other people on the left and right of the, the perpendicular road, they've, they've all seen the red light. There is a red light, number one. They have seen the red light and then they are going to stop after seeing the red light. All of those taken for granted. You saw that. Very important inference. We use inference all the time. And, uh, and the entire, entire this, this, this diagnosis, medical diagnosis, when you go to the clinic or the hospital and they immediately, we don't know whether the doctor prescribes these tests after seeing you or before seeing you. Like that, we begin to get a doubt these days based on the number of tests they give you. We begin to get a doubt. Hey, what is all this you have given me? No, you please do this test and see the doctor. But the doctor hasn't seen me yet. How do you know? I need all these tests. No, no, uh, we, know, we know better. You know, we are all advanced. We know. I can look at you and tell you what you need. Anyway. So that entire lab test, whether it is a glucose test or the lipid profile and all these profiles they do, it is meant, it is all data. They are gathering data from our blood and then it is being presented. Now the doctor looks at you, talks to you and then the data he uses as a backup, as some additional validation of what he or she has in mind. The doctor also thinks, okay, maybe there is some cholesterol issues. Okay, maybe cholesterol. We need to get this checked out. And the data very much says so. And then the doctor makes some advice based on that. So there, nobody, nobody has seen cholesterol in the body. Nobody has seen glucose. Glucose is not oozing out of the body. And so where is, there's no protection there. There is no perception there. We have to use anumanam only. Sugar in the blood is measured, and everything. So you, 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 you the, 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 this, this whole process of diagnosis, it's all based on data and inference. Data, inference, data, inference. Very important in medical, medical field. This inference is very big, and also a series of inferences made. This test, then we will do this test, then we will do this test. Therefore, this is confirmed or this is not confirmed. So, inference, very important. We make inferences all the time. All the time. All the time. Cooker, you make rice at home and the, and the cooker makes this whistle. And then one whistle, some people say two whistles, some people say three whistles. Three whistles are done, you turn off the gas. Inference is made, the rice must be cooked. Inference only, how do you know rice is cooked? No, rice must be cooked, I know. Because I do it, I've been doing it for the last 50 years. So I know it. So inference, no protection, no, no, no sight of cooked rice, inference. So these are the two main means of knowledge. We are now introducing a phrase called means of knowledge. Please make a note. And in Sanskrit, it is called pramanam. Called pramanam. Pramanam means means of knowledge. Very big topic in our Shastra. Because when Jnanam is involved, Pramanam has to be brought in.
So now we have to ask the question. Hey, you said this Atma has to be known. Yajnavalkya tells, tells Maitreyi, Atma va are shrotavyaha mantavyaha nidityasitavyaha nyatavyaha he says nyatavyaha means must be known must be understood and he says how do I know well shrotavyaha first it must be heard about you have to hear about it before knowing so shrotavyaha that is why shravanam is a very big thing in our shastram Shravanam, listening, listening to somebody talk about it. So, so that knowing, nyatavya must be understood. Therefore, the means of knowledge comes. And so the question will be asked, can this self, can this Atma be known by the only two means of knowledge I have in my hands, which is perception and inference. I'll repeat that again. Can this Atma be known? Like I know so many things in this world, I begin to understand. I don't know how to operate this cell phone. My son, my daughter teaches me how to use this cell phone because these days you have to always talk to the younger people when it comes to technology and I begin to learn how to use it. Can I know like that? Can I know Atma like that? Using perception and inference. This is a question to be asked. Then we say, suppose we say, I want, you have seen so many things in this world. Have you seen your eyes? What? Have you seen your eyes? You know, you have two eyes here like this. Have you seen your eyes? You've seen a lot of things. You've gone to so many different places and uh, the list is endless. Have you seen your eyes or not? No, that is, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, I can't see my eyes directly. The eyes cannot see themselves. Uh, the eyes cannot see themselves. That's a revelation that we are all clear about. So how do you see? But you have you seen your eyes or not? Yes, I've seen the eyes. And uh, I use something called a mirror. Every morning, the first thing I do is look at myself. I don't know why we have to look at myself in the mirror. I, I've been asking myself this question. What, is there a doubt that you don't exist or what? You have to look at the mirror and say, touch the mirror and then, you know, am I alive or not? Is this what we have to see or what? I don't know. I think we get some happiness by looking at ourselves. And... Uh, Somebody can argue, wait a minute, you're looking at the same face every day for so many years. You must be tired. No, no, I'm not tired looking at myself. I love to look at myself. So that love is there. Self-love is always there. Whatever love, hate I have, the self I always love. So here, as far as, so this mirror is the external means of knowledge to see my own eyes. As far as Atma is concerned also, a similar problem is there. I have so many, I have made so many conclusions about myself. So I am this, I am that, I am an idiot, I am no good, I am 
I'm sad. I'm happy. And uh, I am a target. Too many people are people are not helping me. This that I have so many things I have concluded about myself. And I am innocent. I am smart. This that so many things are there. And now if if we understand uh, if we are part of the Indian culture, then we also used to bring in stars also. So all these navagrahas are there, and they are also targeting me. And so I need to be a little careful. Maybe I need to go to the temple and do some something to these navagrahas. And this sapta sapta what is called sade sati is also there. Sunny, where and at is sunny they say. And so I am now a victim of so many things. And on top of that, planets are also victimizing me. I don't know what I did to Mercury. Why should Mercury victimize me? Mercury was there long before me. What did I do to Mercury or Saturn? Saturn is you just stick there. You be there in your own own little, own large little large, not large little. Then <laughs> be large and little at the same time. This large orbit. Uh, uh, orbit. Arbit, yeah, Arbit, yeah. Should just be there. Why are you bothering us? So he seems to bother us also. So like this, I am now. I have made so many conclusions about myself, and now the shastram is saying, "You are not any of those things you have concluded." Oh, but I am an engineer. Am I not an engineer? Yeah, you you are you are playing the role of an engineer, no doubt. But Atma is not an engineer. Atma can't be an engineer. And so that's how the discussion goes here. And so then, therefore, we now say, I we accept for the time being the fact that I am ignorant about my true nature. Everything I have said is a is a superimposition on myself. I am subject to death is a superimposition on myself. my body will die i can accept that because i see that everywhere but am i the body or not is a problem i don't know i have taken myself to be as good as this body is that right or wrong that doubt is now created by the shastram hey you may you will have to look into this and say this body is also an object of your knowledge anything that's an object of your knowledge is not you you are the subject my dear not the object and like that the shastram says and so i can accept that ignorance of the nature of myself is the cause of whatever word you want to use samsara is the cause of suffering anything you want to use cause of dissatisfaction so i have superimposed something some quality on myself that i don't have like the rope snake the shastram gives the example of a rope snake rope snake means what i it is evening at 6:30 it is getting dark i open the door i look out and i see a snake and then i jump at it i jump i i'm shocked and uh, then somebody tells me no it's not a snake it is actually the water hose the water hose that you used to water your garden 
and uh, that too you purchase a water hose that is brown in color and uh, so it all it looks like a brown snake to you so there i have superimposed a snake on the rope and when i superimpose something that superimpose something can be pleasurable or it can cause fear in me like the snake causes fear in me so only the knowledge of the rope can eliminate the fear from me the fear of snake if you ask how can the fear of snake go in this case in this case the fear of snake can only go when i gain the knowledge of the reality of the snake and when i am told the reality of the snake is really a fire hose or a rope then the fear goes away completely there can't be any more fear so then there is some discussion about you know whether i can stumble upon knowledge like this stumble upon knowledge <clears throat> because the shastram says you must make you must take the initiative to know this this knowledge will not just happen like that so that is why they say you know the serendipity and things like that serendipity means stumbling upon something i happened to stumble upon it without my even asking for it will that be possible so there it's not possible it doesn't work like that accidentally you can't discover it you must you must begin to appreciate and keep asking for it then only this knowledge can take place and somebody else says no no i've i've heard that i've heard that if i remove all the thoughts from my head if i make my head thoughtless for which there are so many techniques then i will get moksha then swami ji elaborates a lot on this he makes fun on this also he says a, a thinking thoughtful head also is not able to understand how can a thoughtless head <laughs> how can a thoughtless head understand at least the th thinking head knows i don't know there is something to know and will make an effort to know but thoughtless head there can be problems and uh, there is a there is a place for everything and dhyanam there is there is a particular technique method etc and the dhyanam also has a place and it is very useful very important but this idea of thoughtlessness is not something that is encouraged in the shastram so then why why can't i use perception to gain this knowledge you know if we say then we, we are very clear every means of knowledge every sense organ let's say every sense organ like eyes eyes are not eyes are meant for seeing and now i have had cataract operations and i am now 85 years old and my eyes are not seeing properly vision is vision is impaired so now can i why don't i use my ears to see things my ears are working fine 
So I should be able to see things with my ears because I have five sense organs, you know. And uh, why not? Why not back up one sense organ by other sense organs? It won't work because each sense organ is meant for a very specific purpose. Eyes can only reveal to me forms and colors. It cannot reveal anything else. It cannot reveal anything else. That's why when somebody gives points, brings a bunch of roses to you, you have to, you will thank that person, no doubt. But then you don't know if these roses are real or not. Because these days there is an imitation for everything. There are very good imitations for everything. So you have to touch it. You have to first smell it. Is it smelling? Like a rose, real rose. Then it seems to smell. Then you might say, you know, these days they have rose smell also. So some rose water could have been poured on this. Who knows? Then you have a doubt. Then you say, let me touch it and see. Then only it tells you, oh, this is, this is not real rose. Because you have the experience of real rose. So, this idea is that every means of knowledge is very specific to what it can reveal. And so, five sense organs are there. They all have specific purposes. Inference also operates in a particular way. When the right data is there, when I see smoke out there on the mountain in Coimbatore, when you look around, especially in some places, you can see mountains. The nail grease is very much there. And I see smoke on a clear day, I see smoke. That means now I make an inference. I make an inference that there must be fire on the mountain. Because I know there is a law that without fire, there cannot be smoke. That is a law I know. I'm very clear about that. I use that law here and convert this data, smoke data, into fire. There must be fire. And then after 15 minutes, I see there is even more smoke. And then after half an hour, after one hour, I come back after breakfast and see this. It, the fire has spread. So last year, I saw that there was a big fire on the mountain. And it had just, it had, it had just gone from the left to the right, just like that. So inference, use inference initially. And then later on, it gets validated. If you are actually able to see fire, then it becomes Pratyaksham. So then, then uh, what about other things? What about Bhakti? What about Prarthana? What about Puja? All these things. All that Krishna will talk about. And everything has a role. Bhakti is important, has a role. And Bhakti is what perhaps brought us here. Perhaps some Punya we have gained. And perhaps there is a state of mind we gained, which made us seek this knowledge. So everything has a role, everything has a place. And uh, then to appreciate this fact that a means of knowledge is needed for knowing the Atma, having understood that ignorance is a fundamental problem. So next class we will see what is that means of knowledge? What is that pramanam which is different from pratyaksham and anumanam? And there we will say 
the Vedas is that means of knowledge. Like the mirror enabled me to see my eyes, the Vedas are nothing but a mirror that enables me to see exactly who I am. This we will see in the next class.